laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. Create expectations and then shatter them. Yeah. Like, you know, make them think you're going west and then all of a sudden turn the steering wheel. Right. Um, and that's the first thing I think about. Like, I don't, I never write a punchline first. I never write a punchline first. I always like start out with a sentence and then I think what else could that mean? And then I, I try to surprise myself. I uh, crashed my car into a deer earlier today. It took like 20 minutes, but I got that fucking. I got pulled over by a cop the other day. He saw his car comes around the window. Sir, you know I pulled you over. I'm like, no, oh, sorry, I had a problem. So he pulled you over, so I saw you on your cell phone. Just want to let you know I take that pretty seriously. My brother got killed by a guy in his cell phone. I was like, Jesus, Austin. No, I'm sorry. I had no idea that was your brother back then. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. You're such a good one liner writer. Like, thank you. I, I am, uh, I bow down to you. Oh, oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, it's my favorite style of comedy. <laughs> now you may know, you may want to know who we're talking to on this episode of You Can't Laugh at That. I am joined by, of course, Steve Mers, who's in space. Mm. <laughs> and Steve also- is- <laughs> Elon Musk put Mers into space. <laughs> And that, uh, the, the soothing sound you just heard, uh, were from the vocal cords of AJ DeCosimo. That's me. A Cleveland comedian. Would, would you consider yourself a comedian or a comedy writer or what? I mean, I, I would say, I would say comedian. I could do like a couple different forms. Um, I would say comedian. Yeah. What's your favorite that. form? I don't know. Like I, I, I go through phases where I like one more than the other. Um, right now it's, it's lit humor. Like I like writing for the written page a lot, like a lot, but when I'm there, like at like a club or a mic, I really like being around standups mm-hmm. and I like writing sketch. I like writing sh- uh, short film stuff. Like that's a lot of fun, but I go through phases. Okay. And you've been, uh, you've been published by, by a few different publications, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the part where he's going to pretend to be modest. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> I have a, I have a piece coming out next month with uh, shouts and murmurs in the New Yorker. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> big comedy guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's awesome, dude! Um, yeah. you've had a couple yeah. uh, couple pieces published in the New Yorker, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. This will be my fourth. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. so yeah, uh, it's fun. I like doing it. You you uh, you've also been published or, or contributed to uh, the the Weekly Humorist or Weekly Humorist okay. um, and Mad Magazine. Okay. All right. Um, and you are a Twitter joke writing machine. Uh-huh. Dude, I delete I delete more jokes than I tweet. It's crazy. I am a I'm a joke deleter on Twitter. Still though, well, that's good for you know whenever you get a, a, a contributor. Whenever I inevitably get canceled for something I say. Yeah, like right when you get like a, a consistent writing gig, <laughs> it's like oh, you, right. you told this uh, joke about murder, uh, which is okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, well, that, that's the thing though. Like you, you delete jokes on Twitter. Like we, you know, we get up on stage and we try stuff out that we may never use ever again. It's just, right. It's just, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. we're talking about murder today, uh, which is a topic that we've sort of touched on, but not to the extent that we will be doing here today. Why did, what did you did? I mean, we did death. And with like the broader, the broader uh, topic of death and then suicide, which unless we're talking about a murder suicide, that sounds like a hilarious episode. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was so it was just really uplifting. You know, it's just one of those, you know, the, the, sun, the beam of sunlight to break up the, the morose grayness of our day. Um. Because I mean, because I mean, the point of this podcast is you know, let's take the, this topic and find out why it's funny. Because anything can be funny. And uh, what what made you decide on murder as the topic today? Um, I just for some reason a common theme uh, in the stuff I write is unnatural death, and I don't know why. Like that's just so funny to me. Like it's just you know how like there's like certain things that all of us as like comedians, we just naturally kind of, we find common themes in, in our stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, like I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of murder shows. (laughs) Like I remember I growing up, like I would stay home from school or something or like during the summer, I would just watch unsolved mysteries and the golden girls on lifetime. Yeah. Just all day. It's a solid back to back. Yeah. And it would be like, I remember like watching Unsolved Mysteries and being like terrified my mom was going to get murdered. Just like, just petrified. And then like later on, I was just like, I don't know. I just, it makes me uncomfortable. Like the idea of getting murdered makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it does me too. Yeah. I look forward to it. Just for everybody. Right. (laughs) I, I have a picture of my dead body on a video board. Oh, Dave, you're weird, though. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Uh, now, you you know, you say you're worried about, like, your mom getting murdered. How did you, did you find yourself, like, finding the funny in these Unsolved Mysteries episodes and, like, murder when you were a kid? Like, um, I, I would find humor in certain elements of Unsolved Mysteries, like for whatever reason, like whatever Robert Stack would go update. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they found him 
he was a wandering street grifter in Calcutta. And I'm just like, what? That's like, why would I don't know? Like, it's just, just certain elements of unsolved. Like, I didn't find like the idea of it to be so funny. It's like just like certain things happening. Like literally, like the show would happen. I'd watch this horrifying situation, and then not even seconds later, oh, we knew what happened. Now it's a solved mystery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have to pull those episodes when they solve them? I know. I mean, I, I I'll still watch like reruns of episodes from like 1987. Hmm. Yeah, and it's just like it's still going on. I don't know. I think the voice is pretty absurd, even though that's not quite touching on what we're talking about because we're not laughing at the death itself. But that voice, I, looking back, is pretty funny. Yeah. Update. <laughs> A lot of yeah, a lot of times like the murder itself isn't what's funny. I mean, no, no one's ever like, oh, that guy got murdered. That's hilarious. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's like the conditions surrounding the murder. <laughs> this is just like funnier than anything I'm gonna talk about. But the idea of Steve like floating and hovering above the earth. I'm not. It's fake. What? Would it be funny if next season? Would it be funny if next season on Unsolved Mysteries, Steve Murs goes missing and then it's like, update, he's been floating in space. <laughs> Podcasting from orbit. That's right. No, I don't know about you guys, but when someone dies, I think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Do, uh, do elaborate. Yeah, I want to hear more. Or like, all right, so you find out someone died and I'm just like... <laughs> 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 so that's pretty much the experience. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you rascal. Yeah, you're, that was deep. That was real deep. You really <laughs> took a dive deep on that. Base nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just give this the rest of the show just be Steve making space puns. I won't. I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it for sure. E.T. phone home. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. You should just do it. I mean, you do <laughs> turn the reverb on the on the speaker at TikTok and do the jokes from Space Line. <laughs> Someone get me some Reese's Pieces. You can't get more socially distant than Steve is right You know, now. Steven Spielberg once said, kill your darlings. So, uh, I, and so I drowned my, my children in the bathtub. Spielberg told me to do it. And I, it turns out I made a huge mistake. It, Stephen King actually said that. Nah. One of the Steves. I don't know. You guys stick yeah. together. There's a lot of Steves out there. Speaking of, of a lot of Steves out there, uh, your jokes... The, the the clip that you shared <laughs> let's get to that that was a segue if yeah. it could have been better um they're called hoverboards what's that they're called hoverboards fair <laughs> why am i bombing just play the fucking clip we already did <laughs> I feel like I'm at a show. no another just play another clip <laughs> we got to talk about aj's clip real quick 
AJ, the those jokes. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, your your jokes, AJ. Um, yeah. were were they tweets initially, or were they were you just like I'm going to write these for stage? I think I, a lot of my jokes start out as tweets first. Mm-hmm. Like I I'll tweet them out, and depending on how well they do. And like the type of structure, I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll take them and try them out on stage. I'm pretty sure both of the, yeah, definitely both of those jokes I tweeted first and then I did them. Yeah. Was that the initial form of each one of those jokes? Like, was there more to it? Was there less to it? Or was that just like, this is the way it was written the first time I wrote it and it worked and it continues it's to work? Pretty much, like, pretty much anytime you see me like do something on stage, it's pretty much how I send it out there. Um, Like, I don't really, I don't put anything out until I feel like it's ready. I go over it with like a fine tooth comb Mm -hmm. before I send it out. I mean, I do do revisions later. Like if I find like, I do, (laughs) I do. do. I'm sorry. I'm like, all right, keep going. (laughs) Um, But do you guys see that notification? Heard it. Yeah, I saw it. Did you see it? Is it a no. sext? No, it yeah, wasn't a sext. It appears backwards on our screens. And your OnlyFans <laughs> is set to expire if you don't update yeah. your information by tonight. Um, But no, I mean, most of the jokes, like, the second I, like, tweet them or, like, write them out, they're kind of, like, ready. I'm like, okay, I'll take them up on stage. Yeah, and they're super tight. I mean, like, you, you know, you you go through them with a fine tooth comb and, and you can definitely tell uh, because your style is very like, it's kind of like Jesselnik where, I mean, you're one liner. Sure. But you set us up and then you quickly pull the rug out from under us for the punchline. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find that to me, to me, I, I think all of us, like when we, start doing like stand up we we try to do stand up in the style that makes us laugh the most first sure. right and it's just like i just find that like that type of style is just it, it's so um it just makes me laugh every single time um and if in some ways i find it to be easier than how um, like a long form storyteller would. And I also, in some ways it's harder because like with a storyteller, you can build momentum, right? Like you could make a joke and then build on that joke and it could like propel you into the next. <laughs> with this, it's just like, okay, I write a joke. Now what? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like I'll spend a week on one joke. Yeah. And you have to and, come up with like a whole other thing. For a new yeah. joke, got to be unrelated. With the topic like a, a bit, you know, you can just keep snowballing it. And I think yeah, I and just get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's also easier, I think, in some ways, because it's just like, okay, like, it, like actually performing it. Because it's just like, okay, if you don't like that joke, if one joke bombs, I got four more just coming out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Coming out of the, coming out of the barrel. Um, whereas like if, if your first joke bombs, if you're a storyteller, you're like, okay, now I got four more minutes of the in-laws. 
I got to talk about. And, <laughs> you know, which I admire that aspect of that style. Like, I can't do it. I'm just not very good. I tried it, and it just doesn't work. Like, it, the, the one-liner works for me. I keep feeling at that, too. Like, I, I got to stick to one-liners. I do not like long bits. Yeah. Um, well, I think <laughs> you're pretty good at long bits. Well, they all, they're all one-liners that are interrelated. So after over years, they become bits, but really they're just one-liners that are related, like by topic. It's that thread that, I mean, you can follow. I mean, there's a, if you yeah. can do an entire you know, set with the same theme, like you, I'm sure you could pick out enough jokes to fill that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can twist it too. Like it doesn't have to be just, <laughs> about like murder or death like in this case uh you start with uh the, with the uh hit a deer bit yeah which i mean which that actually happened yeah yeah i, mean, I wrote that i hit a deer and i wrote that joke five you chased it down. <laughs> no i didn't chase it down i was on a date actually and i mm. hit the deer taking her home that's romantic Ooh. the deer it was is. taking her home and you hit him because he was taking her home yeah, that's what happened. Okay. Just wanted to clear the air. Yeah. Heard it here first. Um, no, like I was taking her home and then just whack, I hit a deer. And I'm like, I fucking hope that thing's dead. Like, I hope it didn't survive. Yeah. Yeah, there are some things I wish are, I wish are dead. You know how they say, like, like, you shouldn't wish death upon someone or some things? Like I, I legitimately hope some people and some things die. <laughs> I don't feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about it. Maybe I should. Maybe that makes me a terrible person. I don't know. But there are legitimate people. Like I would be glad if they weren't alive anymore. Would you be the one to do it? You know, no. I don't think I actually have murder in me. I, I don't think I could. But if I found out, like someone got murdered like some of the people that i'm thinking of i could be like i could see why someone would murder. yeah as soon as you figure out it's better than fucking then yeah you'll start doing it a lot yeah <laughs> or doing both and at the same what, time and steve <laughs> just stumbled steve just stumbled upon what i'm afraid of oh no <laughs> i'm gonna like it too much yeah that i would like it too much you know, it starts out with animals. You're you're not wrong. Yeah. Animals. And then maybe, you know, maybe you've you've got, I don't know, say a police officer's brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which that didn't happen. No. No. No, no that's that, that was more of an accidental death, but if it felt good, then maybe next time it was right. much of an accident. Uh, no, right. that's 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 another perfect example of the setup and the pauses that you make while you're setting it up had like in a joke like that, cause it's a longer setup, you know, it's not just like, here's a sentence and here's a punchline. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you build it. There's like, there's like a tiered, it's like a tiered setup to kind of yeah. make sure we're looking over here and then you deliver the punchline. And it's like, that's, it's great. Yeah. The, the, I forget who said it, but it was just like essentially like, uh, create expectations and then shatter them. Yeah. Like, you know, make them think you're going west and then all of a sudden turn the steering wheel. Right. Um, and that's the first thing I think about 
Like I don't, I never write a punchline first. I never write a punchline first. I always like start out with a sentence and then I think what else could that mean? And then I, I try to surprise myself. And if I laugh at the joke then I'm like, okay, okay. somebody. That's great. That's a, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. If, yeah, if you can make yourself laugh, like at a, when you're coming up with a joke, then it's probably, it's got a higher chance of being successful. Yeah. Because I don't know about you guys. Like you guys have been doing stand up for a long time. Like if I watch stand up, like I don't really laugh at it so much anymore. Depends for, for me too. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, this is hilarious, but I will not laugh the whole time. Yeah. I yeah. Like I'm just, I'm kind of like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't even mean it's bad because sometimes it is bad and you're not laughing, but other times it's like it's just not eliciting that visceral laughter, which I honestly crave. So it's a little disappointing in that sense because true laughter is just like the best feeling in the world. Well, but, see, uh, that's why that's why when I hang out with you, like in, in our like when we hang out, like mm -hmm. we're cracking each other up the entire time, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like as I like hanging out with you for that reason. It's just kind of mm -hmm. like like rarely do I do I ever hang out with somebody that really elicits that. Like I think that Steve and Dave, I think you guys are hilarious. And it's rare that I meet people that just make me laugh because it's just kind of like because as a comic you're kind of trained to sort of see the trick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're just kind of like, okay, I know where you're going. Yeah, it's, it's hard. To, it, I mean, it's it's hard. It's not hard to watch comedy. I love it. Um, but you're right, you know, and even if somebody's killing, if somebody's killing, I'll, I'll probably laugh just because the rest of the room's laugh and the energy's there. And, like, I love watching comics I can, that tell the same joke, and I, and I, like, I've seen that joke over and over again, but I can still laugh because now I'm experiencing that joke with this group of people who's never experienced it before. Yeah. And it's like, it feels new to me. Um, that's like the thing that I've found to uh, learn to appreciate when it comes to comedy. Yeah. It's because it really does change, like depending on what environment you're in and who you're surrounded by. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's harder to watch a, a like a stand up special more than once, unless you're really like trying to break down jokes. Um, because it's the same audience having the same experience as last time. Like it's, it's not as, it's not as like new. It's not as exciting as, you know, as, as it was comedy. Right. If it's really good, you'll watch it again, but you may not necessarily laugh at it like you did, right. but you're just like, Oh, this is so good. Yeah. yeah. That is true about Reggie Watts is, um, why shit so crazy from uh, comedy central. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. I've never watched him do stand up. Oh my God. He's so oh, good. good. Yeah. He's really good. It's like that with me, uh, Zach Galifianakis of the purple onion. Mm. Oh yeah. That's another classic. Yeah, dude. It's so good, but it's, it's a, it's a hodgepodge. Like there's some like character work involved. Like, and I just love, and, but he's, he's a one liner guy too at like his mm. core. And it's this just so funny. funny. Cause they're musicians and then they got the one liners or, and then they do, impressed like characters and yeah it's a weird it's a weird sideshow kind of deal but it's really good mm -hmm. yeah who do you uh who do you look at as your influence um there's a i mean in, are we talking about stand-up yeah uh, comedy in general but i mean more start with stand-up and then like what influenced your style um, 
Uh, in terms of stand-up, I really like um, the three big people that I think are like super duper funny: Stephen Wright, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, and Joan Rivers. Mm. I'm just a huge fan of those three. Um, and I also like um, I, I like Zach Galifianakis. I like Steve Martin a lot. Um, and I really think Nikki Glaser is hilarious. Yeah. She's like a new con, like a newer, um, like the newest out of all ones I've mentioned that I'm just like, Oh my God, she just is a savage. She's so good. Yeah. Her work, her work has gotten more nuanced. Like, you know yeah. I mean? I would hope it would, you know, you produce a special and a couple of years later, your next special should definitely be like, be stronger on some level. Um, and she's really over the years. Cause I remember seeing her when I worked at Caroline's in New York, I remember seeing her and I was like, she's funny. But then, you know, you watch her roasts, you watch her, um, her specials and it's just, she's leaps and bounds beyond where she was eight years ago. Which I would hope so. Oh, and Chris rock. I love Chris. He's the one that I watched as a young man and wanted to get into stand up. I was like, that looks like so much fun. Would you say there's like a thread between them on like why you like them? Like, do you ever think about why you like any of uh, any of these comics? I think if we're talking about the one liner people, I think that that's like the stand up in its purest form. Like the, is the one liner comic. I mean, that's kind of like where it started. And the fact that like that kind of continued, you know, it's kind of like a, a tradition, like that is traditional standup. That's where it started. It was some dude going, what not Steve? Jokey jokes. Yeah. Jokey jokes. It was, you know, like it was dudes going up in burlesque yeah. clubs, cabaret shows, like in between the strippers, just telling jokes. Mm-hmm. That's, and then, you know, Groucho brought it to, you know, film. And um, and that's why I like the one-liner guy. It's because, one-liner comic, is because it's just so, like... It's, it's powerful. kind of a relic. What? It's powerful, too. It, it is. I, it's, it's got a little bit more punch to it than... A, it depends, though. I mean, obviously, that's not true for everybody, but I feel like it generally, it's just punchier. It is. It's just it. No, there's no, no one will not laugh at a good joke, right? I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's designed to elicit a response out of you. It's it's the math equation. It's two plus two equals four. You have this element. You have this element, and then you get this element. Some jokes just people love- just cannot help but laugh. Yeah. Like, like there are some things that will never stop being funny and the one liner will never stop being funny. If you write it right. And if you craft it in the right way, it will just always work. Um, the same way, like the rubber chicken will always work. And with one liners, it's, it's more imperative. Like you said, to, to create expectations and then shatter them. Like yeah. that's just a very quick, like expectation shattered expectation shattered tension release like it's 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 quick and actually what's going on in your brain too is like the same neurons fire in your brain when you solve a problem as when you get a joke and Mm -hmm. and that's like mental exercise so so those jokes like that audiences are very quickly like connecting the dots subconscious subconscious level if you want to get real nerdy about it and uh, and that's why it's It's, so satisfying 
like yeah. one of my one of, one of my favorite jokes that I like to do is um you know when I was a kid I walked out of my grandparents having sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and that that was pretty crazy because I didn't see all four of them in the same room all that often. <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> you know, and like that joke. I mean, we can, you know, I forget who said it, but like dissecting comedy is like dissecting a frog, right? You don't really learn anything, and the frog dies from it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's that's kind of like what we're it's. When I say, like, in the setup, I'm giving you an expectation. Like, I'm saying, like, yeah, I walked out of my grandparents having sex. You're assuming, like, you walked in on one pair of your grandparents having sex, but then I'm revealing. Or your grandparents from one side and the other from the other side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steve, you have, like, 20 grandparents. Yeah, Steve has a lot of grandparents. <laughs> They're, I collect some, like, Pokemon cards. He keeps them in his basement. He's like, I'll trade you my Earl for your Harold. So, and that, that, that strategy, that, you know, tension and release, like that's... Good think- example, David. Good example. You just say something like, I hate Norwegians. And then you're like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> see, see, yeah. you like build up the tension. And then at least it, you know, and I've been waiting to write a good joke about hating Norwegians for years. And Steve just did it right there. Yeah. Right, right there. That's why he's a master. Right. Yeah. Steve, Steve, you, you, I mean, you're a one-liner comic as well. Um, I mean, you, you put together, like you said, more bits Um, and you, you touch on a lot of dark topics. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to, uh, do this show together. Um, I'm not sure where I was going with that, uh, but I mean, you know, you do, I love watching you control the emotions of an audience. Like he's really good at that. Yeah. You like like you're a conductor up there when you're, when you're on and when you're like crushing it, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to do. That's why we do it. I have fun doing it. Otherwise, I don't think I would still be doing this. It's so great. Like, I love, like, watching Steve work because, like, there's an element, like, when Steve's up there, you kind of tell he's just like, all right, I'm here. But it's so controlled. You have so much control up there. Like, the second you, you get behind the mic, like, it's yours. And you're just controlling everything that's happening for the next five minutes, 10, 15 minutes. But even what? if I'm in, I said, as long as I'm in a good mood. Yeah, but even when you're in a bad mood, I've seen you do stand up in a bad mood. And you're just, the only difference is you still have control. You just seem a little grumpier. Yeah, it's it's not a big difference from my perspective. No. Yeah. No, when you're having fun up there versus when you're hating it, like, there's no, <laughs> there's little difference in, in your body language. Like there's yeah, little like I can tell, but it's slight. It's very slight. I know because I know Steve. Yeah. Like I can tell when he's not enjoying it. But like the lay person, like the person that just walked in to go check out a comedy show, I don't think they can tell. And that's why Steve's so good. Like Steve is just a master at kind of like, okay, this is my time now. And and he gets you like hanging on to what he's saying. 
That took years oh, to get yeah. there. You should you, the first five years of doing comedy. I would not like that. So that's definitely a more recent development. I'd say after eight years, I'd say the last four years were were like that. Before that, it was super uncomfortable. It's just confidence. Occasionally, still uncomfortable. You guys can see it's body language, but it's like yeah. it's definitely receded more these these days. I mean, it's it goes both ways. Like if your body language says confidence, you know, you it 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 calms the audience down. Like they know they're in good hands. And uh, same with like your tone of voice or, you know, or like what's going on in your head. You're like, all right, I'm confident. Like you don't even think about it at, at a certain point because you've done it so many times. It's just like, who cares? You know, if you have that who cares mentality, you can tell, you can get away with the darker jokes because if you're confident in it, even if the joke doesn't land, like the audience might still be with you on it. Yeah. I just tried a new joke last night about Confederate statues and the one note John Armstrong gave me was if you have more confidence in it, um, they'll be with you because the first line I give is like, it's that like misleading. Cause I start by saying, I think they should keep Confederate statues. And my whole message is like, obviously not, but, right. um, but the way I deliver it is in that, like, here's, here's what you think I'm going to do. And then here's what I do. What was the joke? What was the um, Confederate? I said we should. I think we should keep Confederate statues, but we should change the story. So it's like right there. That's the statue of Robert E. Lee. It was the one that I put on Twitter the other day. I saw it. I saw it on Twitter. Statue, but I've added to it. Um, there's, that's the statue of Robert E. Lee on on his horse right before he had sex with his horse. <laughs> this is a statue of Jefferson Davis with his kids right before he had sex with a horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Jeff Davis, <laughs> and then uh, God, what was the next line? Um, shoot, what did I? Uh, God, I had I, it was like a four-part joke um, right before he had sex with his horse. Um, yeah, the the South wants you to think that the Civil War was about states' rights, but when really it was about the right to own and have sex with your horse. With your horse, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the last line is. Um, uh, they, they want you to think these Confederate statues are American heroes. They're changing history. So if they can do that, I can change their history and say they were a bunch of horse fuckers. Right. I, you know, this was, this is the first time after hearing that bit, I ever looked at history and go, you know what? Maybe if the South would have won, <laughs> I wouldn't be breaking the law right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm just fucking horses every, yeah. every day, dude. <laughs> really, I'm, I'm approaching this joke from a place of truth. Right. And you really hit a nerve with me there, Dave. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we did talk about killing animals. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Got to experiment a little bit first. That's right. Uh, speaking of murderers, there are so many different perspectives to approach mur murder from. Uh, from which to approach murder. Get your English straight, David. Never end a sentence with a preposition unless you end a sentence with a preposition. That's the rule. Um, there are so many different perspectives to approach uh, this topic, from which to approach this topic. I just broached my own lesson that I gave myself. Um, so in this case, you do the the misleading. You You have them, you're telling, you have the audience believing you're telling one story, and then you 
reveal that, oh, this is actually what's going on here, um, which is a great way to do it because you almost jab them and they don't realize they're laughing at about a murder and uh, until yeah. like they're done laughing. It's like, oh, I just laughed about the death of a cop's brother. Cool. Um, but there are so many different ways to do it. For example, um, I mean, if murder was legal, there are so many different ways to, to take that. Um, you know, if you are the, like the murderer itself, uh, the murderer, him or herself, like that could be funny. Um, right now, you know, you get on Spotify or Stitcher or any of these podcasting um, platforms and there are dozens and they're, they're the, like the top podcast of the day. Like the oh, hundreds, there's hundreds of, of cr- podcasts about this. Yeah. About murder. Um, like my favorite murder. It's a yeah. great podcast. I listen to it all the time. My favorite murder, uh, small town yeah. murder, uh, uh, last podcast on the left. Like I'm just, there's so many. <laughs> um, but what a lot of them do is they make it funny. <laughs> uh, because if you're going to talk about something super dark for an hour and a half, it can't just be that one note or else people, you know. Yeah. People aren't going to, they're going <laughs> to stop. <laughs> right. Uh, I think Steve's laughing that he. Well, that's, <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about everybody being killed. Uh, <laughs> and no, um, no, no. It's just you guys laughing at me. <laughs> like I'm laughing at you, laughing at me. <laughs> It looked like a little head on a magic carpet going through space. <laughs> Normally with these episodes for the, um, for like the art or whatever, for each episode, we use the headshot of the comic that we use. But in this case, it's just going to be Steve in space. So people know, people know what we're talking about. Right. 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 Um, all right. Anyway, so a million different ways to go at this. Uh, so these podcasts, I mean, they obviously have to bring levity to the topic because one note about something like so depressing and so dark and so like morally in- wrong, like you have to break up the monotony of that. It's just like, you know, when you structure a set, you can't have like they, every joke can't be just a banger. Like you need to have a couple yeah. jokes to, to like, you know, kind of control the tone of the room. There has to be an ebb and a flow because without the ebbs, people won't appreciate the flows. Right. Um, so like, how do you, I don't know if I want to, frame this as a question or like let's just talk about murder podcasts because i mean you listen to my favorite murder like do they do they do that they never make fun of the murder they'll like make jokes like surrounding the murder okay which it's it's good i mean like there's the the punching down element right like never really make fun of the victim right but even that rule can be broken if you're trying to showcase how evil the villain is, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they do. I mean, they just make jokes surrounding like about the justice system about like, you know, stuff like that. I mean, never at the expense of the victim. They also make jokes like about their general ignorance about, like the host's ignorance? Knowledge of facts. Okay, yeah. Shit, yeah. So, can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. they do that too. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a great angle to take in itself too because, uh, I mean, if you 
punch down on yourself, when you, especially when you're talking about something so dark. It definitely uh, eases the tension from an audience mm-hmm. member's perspective. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend, she listens to like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> she listens to oh, all, yeah. of the, all of the podcasts. We've almost gotten to a point where we idolize mm-hmm. like some of these serial killers too, where it's almost like disturbing. Um, there's almost a, like a sexualization of them, which is weird to me. Yeah, yeah, like that's, Bundy. yeah that's definitely bizarre. Who's Richard Ramirez? Oh my god, he's the Night Stalker. Oh, he's like a stinky man. The Night Stalker. He 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 broke into a bunch of elderly people's houses in Southern California in like the early late eighties, early nineties. Tall, dark, not handsome man. I don't understand the cult following. Apparently, he was stinky and had like bright yellow teeth. I don't know. Mm, my favorite. <laughs> well, well, what do so you look for in a man? <laughs> Well, in her defense, Greg Allman fits that description, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, I think people are turned on by the taboo of it and just, like, going to the edge. You know, like, that's what I imagine why people, like, sexualize people like that is because they have just this thing inside them like oh things that are bad can sometimes be sexy power dynamics and sadomasochism yeah would you steve really steve really answered that question quick <laughs> he put that into words like Thank almost you. way too fast it like almost way too fast to i was trying I was trying to like figure out how to word it and seems like, oh yeah, power dynamics state of masochism. You know what's really fucked up is I was dating a girl last year and I kept joking with her about being a serial killer and it was like weird. I it never you know this person, so it's not like it's it's just funny to me because like it was just a running joke that got like old pretty fast. <laughs> it's <laughs> so many different directions. <laughs> It's hard to explain, but like, obviously I'm not a serial killer, but it was like, it was like, all right, Steve, stop. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. You know, this person laugh every single time, but it might've been uncomfortable laughter. I don't know. Yeah. The more you say it, the more I'm starting to question. Well, who am I? I'm awesome. And I'm a nice dude and I'm not a serial killer. So it was clearly just a joke, but it was just like, all right. Right, Dave. Dave, he's, he's clearly not a serial killer. I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> I would be I'm awesome. Killer. I'm great, and I'm I'm totally not a serial killer. <laughs> I'm totally not. <laughs> that that would be my uh, my dating profile if I had one right now. Yeah, <laughs> those three those three attributes. Um, would you would you almost liken the uh, the idolization, like the sexualization of that, to uh, a, a comedian who is towing the line on a on an offensive topic, like on an offensive joke, like I having the power are... to get an audience to laugh at something that is right on the line or may even be over the line? Yeah, you know, sometimes I think comics, some comics really like towing that line almost a little too much. I'm just kind of like, where's the joke here? Like, it's like, it's, I don't get me wrong. Like, do you know what offends me? A bad joke about an offensive thing. Yeah. That offends me. Uh, Like you. Yeah. Like 
Okay, 90% of, of I found that when a comic gets canceled for something they say, it's because they missed the mark and the joke was awful. If it was a good joke, they wouldn't have gotten shit. It's because they, they didn't draw a clear enough line as to where they stood in the element of what they're talking about. Mm. Like, like, okay, Louie got canceled because he, 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 jer- he used his power to jerk off in front of women, right? Right. That's why he got canceled, which is kind of creepy and weird, right? We can all agree to that. Yeah. We were also watched Louie say the N-word on stage, and no one said a thing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't get canceled for that because he was clear and concise and he hit his point. Right? Or am I like going crazy here? No, no. You're, uh, I mean, there are so many comics that have said things that were funny and that's why they're still at the level uh, that they are. I mean, if you listen to Jesselnik said, he says so many things that, uh, that betray people's sensibilities, but they're funny. Exactly. And and that's, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, did you watch Eric Andre's new special? No. legalize everything it was great it was vulgar it was ridiculous and it hit the right points not once did it ever punch down ever you you can say whatever you want as long as your point is clear when you're you can say oh i didn't mean for that to come out racist i didn't mean for that to come out sexist all you want if it does, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. If it's a good joke, it's nobody will find it racist or sexist because it's a good joke and you drew a clearly defined line. Right. There's there's a big difference between Louis C.K. using the N-word on stage and Michael Richards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm, pro- I'm preaching of a choir here probably. Oh, but sure. But we, we like to reaffirm our own. Yeah, we like to justify what we yeah, that's, that's what, what we believe in. Yeah, um, so I think that kind of sets up uh, the first clip that we're going to do. It is the Jim Norton clip from his um, the Degenerates. The Degenerates. You know what's interesting? I've seen thirty plus Ted Bundy documentaries, and after all those documentaries, not one article is written saying maybe it's detrimental for the culture. Not one social media campaign has started attempting to punish the directors or the producers or to criticize them for making these documentaries. Everybody is okay with it. But if Bill Maher does a racist joke or Louis makes fun of the Parkland shooting or Chappelle makes fun of LGBT issues, people lose their fucking minds. Oh my God. Comedy has gone too far. Comedians have got to stop. This is damaging the culture. Cancel these comedians. Hold on. I'd like to hear Ted's take. (laughs) It's fucking psychotic. And I'm not saying the documentary shouldn't exist. I'm just pointing out the mental illness the country is going through, thinking that humor is somehow contributing to dangerous behavior. It's not. And they're saying things like, well, comedians should punch up. How come comedians are the only ones hearing this shit? How come authors don't have to punch up? Stephen King kills children in his books. 
Do you know how pissed off people would be if it was a comedy? How come actors don't have to punch up? They'll go back and grab a comedian's tweets from 10 years ago and try to crucify him. They never do that to actors. You can play any role, no matter how barbaric, and it's totally acceptable. Zac Efron played Ted Bundy. And people were fine with it. If you do a rape joke, people are like, you're a pig, don't ever talk about that. Zac, great job. You really look like you, did you rape and kill that girl? All right. You really looked like you raped her and killed her. My girlfriend threw up. Man, you are an artist. <laughs> and then they give you this bullshit. Well, if you make a joke about something, it creates and fosters an environment where that behavior somehow seems acceptable and it might encourage somebody, which is such shit. No rape has ever been caused because of something a stand-up comedian has said. It's just not the way it works. I've never heard a rape victim going, it was terrible, he came in, he was laughing. <laughs> I can counter that argument of his a little here. Uh, I can't. I, I don't agree 100% with what he was I saying. I don't either. Yeah, um, he yeah. is right. He is right, but he's not nuanced enough with his response. Where And again, he's doing comedy right there, so I can't really sit here and be like, he's being 100% yeah. serious either. Although comics do this all the time. You can't say anything anymore. You can't say, no. Uh, no, I've never... Like hearing about it. Um, I've never felt... Like, I couldn't talk about something if I couldn't yeah. find legitimate humor in it. I've been able to get away with quite a bit, but that's because I know how to word shit. But the thing is, the uh, th the problem with these... Uh, how do I put this? Like, the comics are not always actors. So sometimes comics aren't good at being like, hey, I'm in a complete state of fiction here. Sometimes, you know, you got comics going up all, like, all, the whole show... Uh, if it's not like a you know him doing an hour, and they're all taking different perspectives, and a lot of time it's it's very dry. But um, I guess the comic has to be good. I don't know. This is all such a circumstantial issue. Like, let me see what you're talking about. I mean, let's let's start out by saying like he's dead wrong in the in the sense that like people don't come after actors or authors. Like people, no. like there were banned books for years mm -hmm. like there were c thomas howell's career ended because he did blackface in a movie which missed the mark you know what i'm saying like whereas robert downey jr did blackface in a movie and he did it satirizing the idea of it and and the big thing people got offended by in tropic thunder was ben stiller's portrayal of simple jack which yeah. totally missed the mark like he didn't you know i mean comics I think comics should be forgiven for missing the mark sometimes because nobody's perfect. Everybody fucks up at their job, but you can tell the difference. Like you can tell the difference between a joke that doesn't land and a joke that was like inspired by legitimate hostility towards someone or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like he's he's wrong in that aspect. I mean, yeah, authors get it all the time. Stephen King got criticized a couple years ago for it, and the fact that all that the, the, there was this weird. I, I now I've never read it, so I'm kind of like picking out like things that I've heard. But I think that there was like kids having sex in it, and it was kind of like really in depth and kind of creepy and weird. 
and he just got shit for that recently. Yeah, it's not so a it's, fair. Com- it's not a fair comparison to say that you know, he uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, uh, the documentary is not meant for people to laugh at. These are facts. Right. This is all just reporting what is going on, and if people are attracted to that, they're also again they're just reporting how they feel. They're not glorified. It is there is a glorification there, but the it's not it's not compatible to argue about with comedy. It just doesn't fit. Right, right. So, so by his logic, there not be any documentaries about the Third Reich. Right. You know, it, should there not be any documentaries about Napoleon or uh, or the Marquis de Sade? Like mm. all these people did fucked up shit, and nobody's glorifying it. Yeah. It's just when you try to laugh at something that clearly is when when you miss the mark on making a joke about something that makes people uncomfortable, it's not a good joke. And you didn't, you, you got, I don't know if laziness isn't the right word, but it's almost negligent in the yeah. sense like you didn't work hard enough to find the humor in it. Like there's a difference yeah. between, and some things like I just have no perspective on. Right. Like I'm not like, like when people tell me like, don't make rape jokes, it's just like, okay, I never would. <laughs> right? Like I never would. I mean, and the times I, I, I may have, it's just like, yeah, I crossed the line. Somebody right. called me out on it and I apologize. And I legitimately meant it. If yeah. I, like I said, I mean, if that ever happened, I can't yeah. remember a case, but there have been people that have called me out on, on a joke. And instead of trying to defend it, do you know what I did? I just said, okay, well, that wasn't my intention. I'll never tell that joke again. It's that simple. Like, you just don't do it. And it's never been my intention to offend. But, like, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Steve isn't perfect. We've all made jokes that could come back and hit us. Yeah. You know, to, to take the other side real quick. But the converse, conversely, the um, the other side of this, which which is applied to other circumstances about what we're talking about, completely different circumstances. But the these two these two things, what you were just talking about, what I'm about to talk about, are conflated together. And so, what I'm going to say is that people don't understand satire and sarcasm either. Yeah, that's but true. It's all circumstantial. Are you good at pulling it off? Is it sarcasm or satire? Like these things matter. And when you lump all these ghost, all these uh, all these fake dummy incidents that you claim exist, but you're not citing individually, you kind of lump it all together. And you go, we can't say anything anymore. Whoa, what are we talking about here? What specific? Exactly. Exactly. It's just like like the onion never gets shit, and they they. Say some pretty fucking intense stuff, man. Yeah, everybody understands what the, the onion is. No. Most people do. Most people do. Some people don't. Like it's, it's just weird. Like I, like I said, I've never felt like I've ever been in danger of getting, and I'm not really afraid of it either. It's just like if somebody like finds something and wants to expose me and cancel me for something, it's like go ahead, that's fine. I don't care. You're really gonna take but, this time. <laughs> Wait, what? You're really going to take this time to cancel me? Yeah, I'm just like, and nobody's ever canceled forever either. I mean, like, people act like, I don't know, I don't know who's worse. Like, like, I don't know what's worse, cancel culture or or people who bitch about cancel culture. It's two sides of the same coin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's just like, one, it's always existed. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Like, I mean, Lenny Bruce got canceled. Yeah. Right. You know, um, you know, I mean, that's, you can make that being the first case and he did nothing wrong. Now there are some people who get canceled that fucking deserve it. Yeah. Like Gilda Gilda answered. Like who? Like Gilda Rad. <laughs> Gilda Radner. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to saying that. No, <laughs> no she got, can- she, she, she got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, not canceled, Steve. That's what I said. Oh. I said she canceled. Oh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the joke. <laughs> I have a Bluetooth speaker. It's a, it's an a, it's like a cheap Chinese knockoff. And when you disconnect your phone from it, it goes, Bluetooth canceled. <laughs> that's funny. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a good point. Um so it is two, it is both sides of the same. I mean, it's two sides of the same coin. Um, my, I mean, I'm with you on that. Write better jokes. Like, but what, what Jim Norton does in that bit is he doesn't mention himself. He mentions uh, Louis C.K. talking about pedophiles, which is a great bit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Chappelle talking about LGBTQ, which <laughs> is like a great kind of way to... He's like sharing his point of view in that bit. And without actually listening to what he's talking about, people are like, you can't say that. And I, and I think the, the point that he's, from my perspective that Jim Norton is trying to make here is that like, that isn't as harmful as saying this serial killer who we're going to spend hours on and have one of like the most handsome actors in Hollywood play and like call him a genius and call him handsome, like which does more harm. I mean, if you ask me, neither really does like any fucking harm. Like I've never watched a movie about someone and said like, oh, I'm going to go do that thing. It's like, the right. Video I've game. never watched. Right. It's like, right. I've never watched Die Hard and was just like, oh, if, if a whole bunch of fucking terrorists take over the Nakatomi building, I'm going to go barefoot through the fucking thing and try to kill uh, all of them. Like, I don't know. Half baked ruined my life. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it's most sensible people would see that and be like, okay, this is fiction and this is, or it's a portrayal of, of a heinous person and individual and they should not be idolized. And I think, yeah, there is the extreme that says like, Oh, this is the root of the problem. It's video games. And a thread already. Right. And it's just like, there's been violent art and pornographic art for centuries millennia (laughs) right like it's never gonna go away and it's just like i don't particularly care if it does i mean but also going to him like he can't be pissed that people are outraged either like if you're going to tackle certain things you are opening yourself up for criticism Mm -hmm. like there's a difference between canceling somebody that that touches on an offensive thing there's a difference between that and canceling Ellen DeGeneres in the nineties for being a genuine, authentic person for being yeah. who she was mm-hmm. like that. That's way different. Those are worlds different. Like you can't go up there and talk about race and expect people, some people not to be offended by that. You're touching on a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. So to say, why can't everybody, why can't everybody just fucking agree 
on something and say, like, we can all do this. It's just like, no, that's not how it works. Like you, people are allowed to be, you are allowed to say whatever you want. You are allowed to say whatever you want. And everybody has also the right to be offended by what you say. First of all, there's a difference between criticism and then getting canceled. So there's those two things. Criticism, don't even fucking tell someone not to criticize you. And obviously you're allowed to criticize right. the criticizing you, but it's like, come on. Uh, and then canceling, that's like, you know, I actually don't have an opinion on that. I might have had an opinion on it before, but as of right now, I don't actually have an answer. I don't know if people should be or shouldn't be canceled. I think it's a I, challenge. You have to write better, write better jokes. You just have to write better. Right. And that's all I'm saying. It's just like, you don't want to get canceled, write better fucking jokes. That's right. all I'm saying. It's just like, nobody is going to cancel you for touching on a touchy subject. If you are a good writer and you do it the right way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to happen. I mean, you know, that's, it's a lot of this shit is just made up problems. Like, it's just like, all right, well, you don't want to get canceled. Don't be a fucking dick. And then there's Louis CK for doing something outside of comedy and getting canceled. And then there's for saying something on stage. I, yeah, right. I, I, I can't conflate those two either. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Um, well, I mean, who was that comic that got, uh, his offer from SNL taken away because he said something. Shane Gillis. He's yeah. This like, week. It, it, it's just like, you know, I can't say that that's a cancel culture thing because that would happen at any job. Right. That's when it starts to get mocked. You're starting to mock someone's culture. That does hurt people's feelings and that's understandable. Especially when you em emigrate to another country and everybody just fucking bullshit you. Like, that's a legitimate thing that causes trauma in people's lives. So it's yeah. like, so there's the distinction in my book. So. We have to look for intent. You know, I think that's the most important thing. Like, was the intent to make people laugh about something or was yeah. the intent to offend people? And I think we, we touch on that. I think that's a theme that we bring up through a lot of these episodes. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we judge ourselves based off of our intent, but we judge other people based off of their actions. And it's like, yeah. and as a, as a writer, as a comedian, like you have to, like the number one goal is is this going to make people laugh? If not, then I'm not doing my job. I have to make, if I want to make a point about a certain topic, I've got to make sure that it's funny, that it's well-crafted, especially if it's something that's touchy because you know, like you can't get on stage and be like, Oh, people don't think murder is hilarious anymore. If they don't laugh at your right. murder. Joke. And you got to find a way to communicate that. Um, like murder, it might, it's for the most part, it's not the joke, but it's the vehicle of the joke. Like, yeah, was the murderer an idiot? Was uh, the circumstances, like, were, were those weird? There are so many different ways that you can frame it. As long as the intent is good, um, as long as you're trying to say something that, that makes people laugh genuinely, then I think you can get away with a lot more than if you're up there and you're just like, you know, the Asians do this. And there, I'm gonna there is science that supports the idea that dark comedy is for people with a more advanced sense of humor. It's, and it's okay if you don't have that sense of humor, if it's not palatable to you. I'm not here to question your development of your taste. That's entirely uh, like subjective. So it's like, this is, I don't know. No, you guys, I mean, I, I, we're all on the same page here. Mm -hmm. Again, inflating each other's egos. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, you can't laugh at that. Didn't get enough murder in this episode? Well, stay tuned for episode 22 featuring AJ DeCosimo. We had to break this interview up into two different parts because we got so sidetracked. It happens. It's three comics filleting each other. All right, shut up. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you part two next week. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.